Good day, humans. What's a good word? Chris Funder here with Alex Rudy Williams for Wrestling Oz Style Talking, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom 15, and New Year Dash. Alex, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, really good. Uh, officially, first show back of the uh, season proper and uh, getting back into the swing of things, I guess. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Very thankful to you for um, letting me have a bit bit of time off, and I hope the humans have been well out there, out in out in the audio land, wherever you're listening to this. And yeah, well, I should probably say Happy New Year's, everyone. Yes, indeed. Um, so I suppose before we get started, did you watch uh, all three nights live on New Japan World? I watched uh, Night 2 Live and New Year's Dash Live. I I can't recall what I was up to Night 1, but I recall not being able to watch it live. Uh, fair enough. Um, I, I'm assuming you watched all of this in uh, English as well. I sure did. Uh, no Gino. Sad. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, so before further ado, we'll get uh, straight into it. Much smaller attendance in the Tokyo Dome this year with the uh, COVID restrictions, but still spread across two nights. Um, I suppose before we get into the matches themselves, do you think the whole two night uh, with a limited crowd was a good idea still? Uh, considering like how short the cards actually were in terms of matches, I think it really lent itself better this year than it did the year before, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Last year just felt like two marathons at one point, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like, this year, it was just every match had a purpose. Every match had a reason for being there. Last year, it kind of felt like uh, we've got to get everyone on the card. Yeah, to a large degree. Um, So with that, shall we uh, start off on night one with possibly your favourite match title? Yes, let's get into it. The New Japan Rambo match. Yeah. Love a good Rambo. (laughs) This was weird. This was uh, AEW Casino Battle Royale levels of booking. Like, it's your traditional New Japan Rumble-style match where it's a pinfall, submission, knockout, or over-the-top rope elimination, staggered entrances. However, it's the final four men who move on to a four-way match the next night. Yeah, at least they gave this um, this version of the Rambo um, a bit of meaning and a bit of purpose. I don't like the whole the last four people have to move on to another match, though. It's just like you got four guys that have been trying to beat the crap out of each other for an entire match, and all of a sudden they just stop when you tell them to stop. That wouldn't happen in real life. You wouldn't be able to separate four guys. No, no. Um, so... Uh, eliminations were Doki, Gabriel Kidd, Hiroki Goto... Hiroshi Tanahata, uh, Hiroshi Tanzan, Minoru Suzuki, Rocky Romero, Show, Tiger Mask making his return. Uh, he made his return actually on the road two shows. Toa Hanare, 
Togi Makabe, Toniake, Tori, Tomiaki Honma, Tomohiro Ishii, Yoshihashi, Yota Suji, Yuji Nagata, Yushiro Takahashi, and Yuya Yiramura. Uh, final four participants were Chase Owens, who starred the match at number one, Bushi, who also starred the match early, Bad Luck Farley, who came in late, and the last participant who didn't even need to enter the ring, Toru Yano. I do love that that's how, like, Yano gets through. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still, like, half expecting something similar to happen with Lana at the Women's Rumble this year. (laughs) Please, no. The last two women are in the ring before number 30 comes out. They eliminate each other and... The buzzer hasn't even gone out, gone on, so all number 30 has to do is just enter the ring to win the Rumble, and it's Lana. She goes to walk down. It's a repeat of the other year where she gets thrown at the barricade and Charlotte Flair climbs in the ring and wins. Well, at least the other year it wouldn't have been Charlotte Flair. The other year it was Becky or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I thought it was a good uh, pre-show sort of segment for night one. Um, going on to the actual card itself, saw uh, Super J Cup winner Al Fantasmo challenge Best of the Super Juniors winner Hiromu Takaha- Takahashi. Uh, what do you think of this match? I thought this was a good match. Um, ELP here with his um, Edge-inspired Rated R Superstar camo gear, which was pretty cool. Um I thought these two had pretty good chemistry. It just didn't quite get to the next level for me. Yeah, I'd have to agree there as well. Um, good match. Uh, recommend checking it out like most of these matches. Um, just sort of wasn't at that Tokyo Dome level for me. Um, so Hiromu gets the win there, defeating Al Fantasmo. Advances to the next night to challenge the junior champion, uh, Taiji Ishimori. So next was the uh, IWGP Tag Team Championship match where Dangerous Techers, Taiji and Zack Sabre Jr. with Doki in their corner representing Suzuki Gun are the champions. Uh, the challengers are the Gorillas of Destiny from Bullet Club. That's Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa who had Jado in their corner. The Gorillas won World Tag League in December. Um, I thought this was a good match. What about yourself? It was all right. Um... Found it hard to get into just because I need a, a strong baby face and a strong heel to get into. And, like, I just didn't think there was that dynamic in this match. Yeah, that's fair enough there, too. Um, good good ta- uh, 20-minute tag match. Uh, Gorillas get the win here. First time they've won tag league and um, captured the gold at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, next was a IWGP United States briefcase match where Kenta, the briefcase holder, who's defended the belt, uh, defend the briefcase more than any champions actually defend the belt at this point, going against Satoshi Kojima with Hiroshi Tanzan in his corner. Now, it should be noted that Moxley wasn't there. Where was Mox? Yeah, no idea. Well, apparently he was at the LA Dojo. Well, 
by the looks of the video we get after this. Uh, before this, even. Yeah, it aired before this, and I'm just like, oh, for God's sake. Take take the belt off him. Please, for the love of God, take the belt off him. I still really want to see the match. Oh, granted, the match <laughs> will be great, but I have <laughs> I have zero interest in the outcome because the outcome should be all but decided with Kenta getting the win here so we can end this, like... Yeah, this wouldn't be such a big issue if they didn't completely make the Intercontinental title null and void this year. Oh, absolutely. If it had been split off post-pandemic, like um, after uh, New Japan Cup back in July, August, and they'd split them off then, and you could have sent that over with um, Kenta or that over with um, Switchblade to North America to be your de facto... Uh, second title, but it's based in North America, because that North American promotion has no championships. Yeah, yeah, nothing. Now, now they got at least the tag titles. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and to be fair, I think they're going to have better luck, like building a decent tag division in America than Japan, because. That's fair. There's just not the options out there for the G.O.D. But back to this um, U.S. title briefcase match. Um, This sort of caught me off guard. Admittedly, I haven't really followed much of New Japan since, um, since the best of the Super Juniors final. Um... And even then, I haven't really been paying too much attention lately. Kojima, like that just seems really random to me for him to get a singles match at Wrestle Kingdom. Not complaining at all because the dude deserves it. But what was the build going into this? Uh, I can't remember who Kenta was supposed to face, but they got, oh, was supposed to face Juice and Kojima replaced him. Ah, uh, well, that's much better anyway. Because. Juice is not happening at the moment. No, not at all. Um, good under 15-minute match. Kent gets a win here, as expected. Continues on with the briefcase. Kind of calls out Mox again. Yeah, just take the goddamn belt off him. I was still expecting Mox to come out. I was expecting him to be there because he's lost the AEW championship and we've only seen him in videos i think before this yeah and then like i think it was like yeah the week after wrestle kingdom they're like oh moxley's gonna be live in the like live at dynamite and i'm like oh no that means he's not gonna be at wrestle kingdom because they like announced it the week before like oh no i was thinking oh he's gonna be live via satellite or live to tape I was like, oh, maybe they've, like, already pre-recorded it or something like that because God knows they could get away with it. But nope, nope, he never even left to go to Japan. Um, very disappointing. But what wasn't disappointing was Kojima and Kenta. I, admittedly not a classic match, but I just enjoyed these two going out there and just getting a bit of time. Kojima in particular. Yeah. 
Speaking of not a classic match, how was the Great Okan versus Hiroshi Tanahashi in a special singles match? Um, I thought it is as good of a Great Okan match as there will ever be. You're not wrong. <laughs> That's my diplomatic answer. Um, I expected it to be a whole lot uh, worse, to be honest. But Tanahashi brought out the best in the dude. There was moments of brilliance with Great Okan, but just not quite there. St- still a bit green around the gills. Yeah, that's fair enough there. Um, so Tanahashi gets the win here over Okan. Going on to co-main event of the evening, Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay, who has Brie Priestley in his corner. Um, so as Ospreay's making his entrance, he opens the jacket, and on the left uh, inside pocket, there's like an in-memory patch, and it's got a few wrestlers listed, including um, one of the backstage people at MCW. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I must have missed that. Yeah, if you weren't paying close attention, it did only pop on screen for a couple of seconds. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, Yeah, but from there, the match itself, uh, over 30 minutes, it's got a lot of time. Deservedly so. Um, Would you say your match of night one? Definitely. uh, The next match makes a strong case for itself, but yeah, this would just be my match of night one. I'd have to agree there as well. Um, These guys have had great chemistry no matter where they've competed, G1, New Japan Cup, anniversary shows um, outside of New Japan. So, yeah, it was only a matter of time before Will broke off on his own. And, yeah, um, interesting to see what happens next. But Okada gets a win here, sort of having Offspray's number, which will set up for later in the, uh, the week. Knowing the way Gato likes to tell tell his stories, I think that just means Osprey's going to beat Okada at Wrestle Kingdom next year. Um, to quickly touch on it, we have seen it a number of times where, uh, like Switchblade came back, he lost, and then the next year he was in title contention at uh, Wrestle Kingdom, not for the world title at that stage. I believe it was for IWGP. So we have seen um, cases where people do return and then they're sort of, uh, if they're heels, they're sort of losing that first Wrestle Kingdom back and then tearing everyone up over the rest of the year to work back to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Main event time, Alex, for the IWGP Heavyweight and IWGP Intercontinental Championship. It is Tatsuya Naito of Los Ingobernables de Japón, the double champion, taking on... Kota Ibushi on his quest to become a god with a capital G. And yeah, wow. I was terrified going into this match just because of the track record with these two and like dropping each other on their necks and their heads. Yeah. I was like absolutely terrified because I was like, well, they've had the these matches before and it wasn't the Tokyo Dome. It wasn't the main event at Wrestle Kingdom. God knows what they think they're going to pull out for 
for Wrestle Kingdom in the main event. God knows what they're going to do to each other. But this wasn't uh, as dangerous as their other matches. That's true. That's true. Um, This was a really great main event match, I thought. I really enjoyed it. It, um, Yeah, probably Naito's best match as champion since Wrestle Kingdom last year. Yeah, not, that's, not that's a, true. There's not, not, a really... high, but not a high ceiling or anything, so... Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's not really that high of a bar to clear, but... <laughs> yeah. Still props to the guys. They did put on a good match there. Um, but I feel Knight won uh, Okada Osprey, sort of just pipped him at the post there. Yeah, definitely. Um, but... Okada and Osprey was absolutely like just a instant classic sort of matchup, but Naito and Ibushi was just behind it, just behind it for my liking. It was really, really sensational. Okay, um, so from there, do you have a beer rating for Night One? Yeah. Um, so. So let's just say, because, well, it was it was uh, six matches on that card. Six and then the Rambo Dark match. Yeah. Or um, pre-show match, yeah. <laughs> two out of seven in terms of matches worth going out and checking out, in my opinion. Um, so that... I guess that means I'll have to give this like a three and a half out of six. Um, <laughs> like, like I know it's a bit tough, but like in the overall sense of things, I thought Hiromu and ALP had the ability to have a standout matchup, but it just didn't do it for me. I thought the pairing of G.O.D. with Dangerous Techers just didn't do it for me as well. Like two, like, you're trained to think like dastardly heel tag teams going against each other. Who cares? Stupid, sexy Tai Chi. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Kojima and Kenta was nice, but yeah, Kojima's just not there anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I'd sort of have to agree. I'd say, I'd say three and a half. The um, sorry. The Tanahashi Akan match, like, probably could have been low on the card, but it's Tana. Uh, Kenta Kojima, a good sort of fantasy matchup as Kenta was. He was in Noah for a number of years, wasn't he, when Kojima was sort of big in New Japan? Yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, it is sort of that fantasy uh, pairing, but like you said, it sort of came out of nowhere for no real reason. Gorillas and Tekkers. It was all right. Um, it just, yeah, it didn't click in the way you'd want a big Wrestle Kingdom, WrestleMania sort of tag team match to go. Hiromu and Al Phantasma, I can see why Hiromu was holding back a little with the next night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so from there we go over to Night 2, Wrestle Kingdom 15, Night 2, Tokyo Dome. <laughs> oh, man. Um, now, I'll just ask because... I haven't seen anything 
of the stardom matches other than a couple of photos on twitter have you seen anything of the stardom matches i didn't know what happened okay i just found out right now with all <laughs> our humans yeah so there, there was a couple of dark starter matches again um none of it is on new japan world i don't know if they've taped it for stardom world um i don't believe the matches from last year went up including the match with hunter yeah uh so from there we'll go into the actual new japan portion itself because there's not really much to say on that because we haven't seen anything <laughs> um so it is the opening contest new japan pro wrestling king of pro wrestling interim 2020 title trophy four-way match from the rumble participants what did you think of this between Toriyano, bad luck Fale, bushi and chase owens we got a finger poke of doom <laughs> is that good <laughs> it made me laugh <laughs> yes but <laughs> <laughs> uh that just sort of tells you what they think of this stupid bloody title which isn't like uh it is technically a title but it's a trophy it's not even to... an impre- it's not even an impressive trophy. It's just like this like, small trophy. What they should do is they should send it over to New Japan of America and then hire a bunch of the GCW guys to come in and have King of Pro Wrestling matches. <laughs> yeah, Nick, bloody Nick, Nick Gage. <laughs> if it somehow leads to a Nick Gage versus Toriano match, I'm all in. <laughs> Like, that would be the strangest, most wonderful pairing. Oh, man. Um, ends up here with Yano somehow getting the win, uh, remaining King of Pro Wrestling champion, because it's Yano. Yeah, yeah. It, it, gives, it keeps Yano busy, which is good, because you kind of need him on your cards to sort of give people a bit of a break or... Get, or pick people up or put people down, like just depending on the mood of the card. Yeah, that's fair enough too. Uh, next match was for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Suzuki Gun, El Desperado and Yoshinobu Katamaru, the champions, taking on the impromptu team of Ryusuke Taguchi and Alex's favourite wrestler, Master Watto. The Funk Masters, or whatever they were calling them, Master oh. Funk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I had real concerns I was going to put the belts on Watto and Taguchi here. However, they didn't, and I'm very happy. I, I'd have no issue if they did, just because Watto doesn't deserve to be any higher than that title. Um, and on, I want... I want those titles off Desperado. I want it off Kanemaru. I want them to sort of go beyond the junior tag titles, which I think are just meaningless. How dare you say that after watching? Get out. Oh, come on. Like, like Watto and Taguchi get a title shot here because they're basically the only junior tags left in Japan at the moment. Yeah, well, we can touch on that in a little bit when we get to Dash, but um, at the moment, 3K's out of the picture. And there's, yeah, as you mentioned, not too many others unless you're going to put a young line pairing in there. 
Yeah, exactly. So, like, I have no issue with the idea of the junior tag titles. At one point, it was awesome, like, when you had the time splitters and the bucks and, you know, you had uh, Rapunzel's yeah, the guns coming over. Like, it, at one point, was a legitimate highlight of every Wrestle Kingdom was, like, the opening junior tag, and they'd do, like, a Fatal 4-Way or something with four tags. And it was always just a spectacle. But, yeah, the poor junior tag division is just a shell of its former self. Yeah, it is at the moment. Part of that's to do with... um travel restrictions and everything and some people being stuck overseas still and some people yeah not <laughs> not uh healthy to compete like uh yo's injured at the moment i believe shows healthy is that right yeah um so yeah suzuki gun retained the gold there desperado and katamari uh next match saw the never open weight championship where shingo takage of los El- Losing Goblin Nublis to Hapone, the champion defending against Jeff Cobb. Um, Jeff Cobb representing Will Ospreay's new unit, the Empire. What did you think of this match? This, um, yeah, without going too deep into spoiling what happens later, this was my match of both nights. This was phenomenal. This was almost perfect to what i want in a professional wrestling match yeah i can't argue there i think for me the thing that takes me out of a cob match at the moment is he's still coming out in his same attire he's still doing the same gestures he's not changed anything really no no that's what i thought too and like i completely forgot halfway through the match that he was uh, that he is a heel now yeah, there's no differentiating between when he was over for the G1 as a freelance international, as a babyface, and now that he's part of uh, a hill, uh, was it the Empire stable under Will Ospreay? There's no differentiating between the two looks from a few months ago. Yeah, exactly. But I think um, still, like, bell to bell, this was just pure perfection. This is why... Yeah, you and I have said it before. This is why Shingo should have been the one that turned on LIJ. Like, this is why Shingo should have been in the evil role of the past year. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. It even makes sense. Being the newest member, it makes sense. Yeah, and it even makes sense because, like, Shingo like, sort of goes along with the Bullet Club sort of mantra of being an outsider because he's wrestled for so many years in other companies, not New Japan. Dragon Gate. That's why yeah. it's called. Is it the last dragon they call him on his um entrance video? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's just, like, the same premise as to why Kenta is a part of the Bullet Club would work perfectly for Shingo. And then you got Evil, who's, like, a New Japan homegrown dude. Oh, God, do we have to go there? Um, so, yeah. We will. It's a great match. Uh, Shingo gets the win here over Cobb to retain. Next match, singles match, Sonata versus Evil with Dick to go in a special singles match. And this is where I got up and left the room and Alex, take it away. Yeah, this was... Um, I can't blame you for walking away because I thought about it. 
I put out a tweet that pretty much said (laughs) Sonata versus, hang on, I'll pull it up. You are, keep talking there while I pull this up. So we got Sonata versus Evil here. This had very low expectations for me because it just feels like in the past year, Evil just doesn't even try out there anymore. Not that I can talk because I've never done it, but it feels like there's no effort put in by him. But this match, oh, my God. He'd been saving it up, I think, because these two guys just beat the crap out of each other. Like, yeah, you got your dick to go shenanigans, but that worked out well as well. This was a genuine star-making match for Sonata. I loved this match. I can't believe I'm saying it, but, like, Evil had a fantastic match. Really? Just absolutely brilliant. Like, it's it's not, like, Okada Osprey levels. It's not Ibushi Naito levels or even Takagi Cobb levels. But this is, like, a solid, like, this is a solid, like, four and a half, four and three quarters on my six beer scale. Ah, fair enough. Um, so I found my tweet here. It says, 2020, Evil versus Sonata, Dream Singles match. 2021, Evil versus Sonata, Bathroom Break match. Absolute zero height for this. Absolute zero height for a legit dream match as Evil and Dick have been overkill as hills. See you for the co-main event. Yeah, well, I can't blame you heading into it. I'm not even going to try to convince you to go out and re-watch it because compared to, like, four other matches from Wrestle Kingdom, it, it doesn't even get close. But this was, like, way better than I expected. This was the best Evil has looked since he turned heel, which, like like I said earlier, not a high bar to pass. But Can I ask, is it better than the Yoshihashi G1 match with Evil? Yes, and that was a good one, wasn't it? <laughs> that was our best evil match from G1 because everything else was so bad. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was even better than that. And that's when I was starting to hold out hope that, like, oh, maybe evil actually is good because he pulled a really good match out of Yoshihashi. And then by the end of the tournament, I realized, oh, no, Yoshihashi's really good because he pulled a good match out of evil. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I I had no interest in this match. It It's going to take a long time before I have any interest in Evil. Like, I think, I think if Evil had have broken away after the Hiromu and Naito stuff and done something else other than LIJ continuously and then came to Wrestle Kingdom and wrestled someone like Tana, I might have had a bit of more interest. The fact the guy's broken off from LIJ and pretty much done nothing but feud with LIJ since. I'm just I'm just done. Yeah. Oh man. Speaking of something I wasn't done with, how about the co-main event for the junior heavyweight championship? Hiromu Takahashi taking on the champion Taiji Ishimori. Uh Hiromu won on night one being the best of the super junior champions, so he wins the right of the uh junior cha- uh junior tournament winners to check he wins the right from the junior tournament winners to challenge the champion 
Um, I thought this was a really, really good match. Why about yourself? Yeah, this was another really strong, solid effort. Um, yeah, very plain to see why Hiromu was holding back a little bit on night one. Yeah, absolutely. I think this was the better of the um, the two nights. And the same could be said of um, last year, I believe, Hiromu was either junior champ or... Yeah, he might have been junior champ last year because it was Liger's retirement and then he teamed either with or against Liger on night two in his final match. Yeah, well... So he was holding back then as well, and you can see if you're going to do double duty across the two nights, unlike um, Dome and then Dash the next day, you're going to hold back a bit if you're doing two Dome nights. Well, someone should have told one of the guys in the main event of both nights about that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I thought this was a, yeah, a really good, fun 25-minute uh, match, and Hiromu wins, becoming the uh, junior heavyweight champion in the process. Yeah, this is a fantastic matchup. Um, I, I wish, like, yeah, like a Taji Ishimori could, like, somehow get into, like, an intercontinental title sort of position. Like, seems unlikely, especially because they just seem to want to keep the IC title locked up with the world. But um, I would love to see, like, either of these two guys just get in there with the big boys because, God knows, both of these guys have pretty much exhausted the entire junior division. Yeah, that's true. But I think after Hiromu had his injury, they did want to bring him back in there and sort of have him... Uh, prove himself especially that year after he um he just came back and he did that stuff with Liger he was supposed to have the anniversary show match against Naito being well, junior champ let's not forget like night one at the Tokyo Dome last year against Will Ospreay Mwah. great match. yeah just incredible um yeah I, I just think I just think the whole junior division needs a bit of a reshuffle, like a bit of a freshen up. I don't know how you can do it in a pandemic world. I don't think you can. But the whole junior division in itself feels like you can only build around the same two or three guys. You know who I'd like to see get another run with the title? Who's that? Rocky. That would be amazing. I would love that. I would love, I would love like a lengthy Rocky versus Bushi feud because Rocky talks so much crap about Bushi. Um, yeah. I would love a Rocky versus El Desperado feud. Like there's a, those sort of three guys: Bushi, Desperado, and like Rocky. Like a sort of guys that have sort of just been simmering under your Ishimori's and your Ospreys and your Shingos and your Hiromus this whole time that just aren't really getting the spotlight like they should. Yeah, I agree there. Speaking of somebody who could come back to the junior heavyweight division, old Robbie Eagles, hopefully. Yeah, that's another one too. Yeah, like. He's in that, like, sort of, like, I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but there's, like, the top tier and then there's the secondary tier of junior guys and, like, 
it's really crowded in that secondary tier of guys just waiting to break out. I feel like they had something there with El Desperado for the best of Super Juniors final, and they, I thought they could have done something to capitalize on it at Wrestle Kingdom, but they didn't. Fair enough. Um, last match of the night, closing out both nights at the Tokyo Dome, IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championship match. Kota Ibushi, the new champion, taking on G1 winner, uh, sorry, G1 briefcase holder, Jay White with Gato. This is a lengthy match, but in your opinion, does it work? I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Um, it was just like a plotting psychology sort of style match. It, not too many crazy high spots. Your high spots are basically just the strikes in this. And I love that. And I love that in a Kota Ibushi match. Oh, yeah. I can't disagree with you there. Um, I thought for the pace it was good. Um, Jay, being the fresher man, did show spots of explosiveness in the early goings of the match where Kota seemed a bit more uh, cautious, maybe in the first 10 minutes before just going, you know what, let's just go for it. <laughs> yeah, my my biggest problem with this match was at about the 38-minute mark, this is the only mistake Chris Charlton has ever made on commentary, but he pretty much says, like, oh, they're just 10 minutes away from um, Okada and Omega's record of the longest match in Tokyo Dome history. And I'm like, oh, okay, so this match is going to go for at least 10 more minutes then because they're going to break that record. They wouldn't have brought it up if, like, Charlton wouldn't have brought it up if they weren't going to break the record. So they're obviously going to go for at least, like, the previous record was 46 minutes. So they're going to go for at least 46 minutes. So I know we've got 10 more minutes to go at least. I disagree with that because Chris, like, um, when it's Rocky, uh, Gino, Kevin, and Chris in previous years, Chris has just been there sort of as the um, translator and the stats guy. So he might say, oh, the junior title's been defended seven times in the past six years at Tokyo Dome and we've had six new champions every time or something like that. Yeah, my only issue is just bringing it up. like The time so thing? Bringing yeah. up the time thing, like, when you're not even that close to it, like you're 10 minutes away still. But another thing is New Japan, uh, their ringside announcer will go, uh, 30 minutes have elapsed. Yeah, so, and you can ignore it. <laughs> you, yeah. Or you could just say, like, oh, 30 minutes have passed. You don't yeah. have to bring up Omega Okada. I just feel like it telegraphed the, the ending of the match. And I think the fact that Chris Charlton didn't have, like, that other like, talking head in there as well, like a Gino as well. It sort of gave Chris Charlton more time on the mic to continuously punch it into your brain that these guys are going to break the record. But if you had, like, a Gino in there, like, bantering with Rocky and bantering with Kevin Kelly, you might it might slip your brain a little bit more. Uh, might just be you 
reading into things too much. It, I didn't pick up on that too much. Yeah, yeah, it might be. But, yeah, like I said, I felt like the the last 10 minutes really dragged because I was waiting for it. But I still thought this was a great match. The finishing sequence was fantastic. Um, I was expecting some big angle to come out after the end of this because Ibushi did get to celebrate and have his proper celebration after the main event the night before. So I was like, are they going to do some big angle? Maybe some heel's going to come out and attack him. But they just did a nice, like, stare down with him and Sonata, which I thought was great too. Yeah, that's that's true as well. Um, what about your your match of the night there for night two? Yeah, it's Shingo and Cobb. Just two big boys slapping meat, loving it. Terrible, terrible choice. You should have gone for Hiromu and Taiji. Uh, I'm always going to be a host at heart, mate. Uh, fair enough. Um, what about your beer rating? Yeah, so this night, night two, gets uh, four and a half from me, I reckon. It was uh, much better than night one. I'm going to say five. The only only uh, negative would be more evil and dick to go, which I just went, nope, done. See you later. <laughs> yeah, see, see, I feel like um, Sonata and Evil actually dragged my score up for night two just because I was expecting like it to be pretty crap. And they surprised me. So it bumped the whole night two up for me. So, yeah, I'll just change it to a five. Bugger <laughs> it. Fair enough. Uh, night three, New Year Dash 2021 from Tokyo Dome City Hall. <laughs> okay. I didn't even know that. Yep. Cool. And uh, the Tokyo Dome uh, greater complex. Uh, so it's not quite Corican Hall. It's not the... Uh, Oh, what's the gymnasium they use? It's not Ottawa. There's a normal gymnasium they use normally for Dash for the... um. They used last year. It's the same one they use for the anniversary shows. This time they're in uh, Tokyo Dome City Hall, so it's like a concert venue. Oh, it's like um, that time TNA held a press conference in the Madison Square Garden Auditorium, which is just a small auditorium inside of Madison Square Garden and all they sold all the seats for the press conference so they started talking about on impact that they sold out Madison Square Garden. Yeah, well so Madison Square Taven. Yeah, well at least uh Ring of Honor and New Japan tried the actual Madison Square Garden unlike TNA who just chose the lobby. Speaking of TNA, because we don't do this enough. Yep. Remember that time they came out to Australia and they were going to do a tour? Yep. And they held it tryouts in Sydney? Yeah, and like uh, like a veritable who's who of Aussie wrestling, like all tried out for it. Yeah. There's still uh, certain tryout video complications on YouTube that you can find quite easy if you go TNA Australia. Yeah, you can see, like, Crackerjack. JXT's in there, of course. Um, 
I, I just specifically remember saying Cracker Jack on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, I start, th- like, dream booking in my head of, like, Cracker Jack gets a TNA contract, has some Monster Bowl matches with a bass. Like, how good would that have been? Oh, it, geez, it wouldn't have even lasted that long because when was that? It would have been, like, maybe August of 2009. And then by January, Hogan and Bischoff are in charge. And we saw how well that went compared to when we were reviewing a 2009 show of lockdown. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So Yeah, but, yeah, New Year's Dash. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of the new year in January, here we go to New Year's Dash. (laughs) Uh, All the matches are announced at the top of the show, so it's a complete secret card. Uh, Opening contest... Eugene Nagata defeats uh, Young Line Gabriel Kidd. Really good match, I thought, for Gabriel here in an opening contest. Yeah, and this makes me wonder, like, is Eugene Nagata getting a singles match because they have plans for him, or is this just, like, a veritable, like, throwing the Young Lion to the wolves and just Uh... testing Young Gabriel Kidd? Because I sincerely hope this means they have some plans for Yuji Nagata. I'd hope so, but I'm not too sure. A lot of the uh, the third generation club, they all seem to spend a lot of time working with the, the young lines. Yeah, the, the dad club. Yes. The New Japan dads. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the dad division in New Japan. Which dad is best dad? Oh, big fan of Makabe. Togi Makabe. Um, Who's... It's either him or Kojima. Isn't Kojima in charge of Bread Club? Yep. <laughs> Such a weird leader, thing. Leader of Bread Club, member of Dad Club. What can't he do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much just good opening line contest there. Uh, next match, a tag team match where Suzuki Gun, Doki, and Minoru Suzuki take on Tiger Mask and the young line Yuya Yuramura. Um, really good contest. What do you think here? Another young line getting thrown to the wolf. <laughs> um, and this wolf has a lot sharper teeth than Yuji Nagata. Um, yeah, this was so good. I, I love seeing Suzuki just, like, beat the crap out of Young Lions. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's something we uh, didn't have enough of in 2020, but uh, now hopefully we can have a bit more. I like when Suzuki Gun loses and he just sort of rolls out of the ring and there's just the Young Lion there doing the Young Lion thing, pointing to where he's supposed to walk to go to the back, and he just sort of looks at him and then just forearm to the face. <laughs> So um, I was thinking about this, like, particularly, like, after uh, Night One, which had the tag title match. Um, Suzuki Gunner ready to turn face, right? Thoughts I mean, on that? I don't think you can do... Oh... You do have kind of a, an overabundance of heel factions at the moment, don't you? Yeah. What if New Japan's last hope to get rid of the Bullet Club for good is to tuck their tail between their legs 
and ask for the help of another former invading faction. It'd be interesting, I'd give you that. <laughs> yeah, like Suzuki Gun become like the delegated bounty hunters for New Japan to try to rid New Japan of the Bullet Club. And then they finally do, and they get rid of the Bullet Club, and we're all happy. <laughs> yeah. They can and just then get rid Suzuki of Evil, becomes be top heel. <laughs> yeah. Need, need more Suzuki uh, heavyweight championship matches. I think he's only ever had two. Yeah, he had one um, 2019 against Okada, just is after the, the one. Is that the draw and the downpour? No, no, that was that was a couple of years beforehand. Um, but yeah, there was one. Yeah, there was that one against Okada in the rain. Then there was the one against uh, who was it? Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. Was Maybe. it? Yeah, yeah. Ah oh, man. Um. Yeah, good sort of return match of Tiger Mask commentary are talking up uh, that he had diver ticket light. Diverticulitis, uh, similar to what Brock Lesnar has had. So, uh, yeah. sort of making a lot of compari- uh, comparisons to that. Uh, of course, Brock Lesnar went over to New Japan, won the IWGP Championship, and then went off to Anoki's upstart promo with said belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the only time people will be comparing Tiger Mask to Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Next. Next uh, new beginning show comes out. Yeah. Uh, picks up you, you, you're a more F5. <laughs> nah, Tiger Suplex City, bitch. <laughs> oh, yes. Well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> uh, next match was a six man tag of the Empire, the Great O'Khan, Jeff Cobb, and Will Ospreay with Bree Priestley in their corner taking on Tenkoji, Hiroshi Tanzan, Satoshi Kojima, and their partner. Yota Suji. Um, really good match, I thought, especially the post-match angle here where the Empire have defeated the uh, team of Tenkoji and Yota Suji. Yeah, and they pretty much murdered Tenzan. Yeah. The whole... They uh, yeah, beat him down so badly they called for the stretcher and uh, stretched him out to the back. Not very often we see that in New Japan at all. No, exactly. So, yeah, that... This had, like, a whole different level of seriousness to it. Like, this felt huge. Yeah. Um, like, I saw on Twitter, like, the other day, like, Tenzan's still tweeting out, like, oh, just starting to gain feeling in my right hand and stuff like that, just playing into it. I love it. It's great. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot different over in, uh, in Japan, shall we say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh... Fourth match of the night, an eight-man tag team match. Bullet Club, Al Fantasmo, Taiji Ishimori, Tamatonga, Tonga Loa with Jado taking on Suzuki Gun, Al Desperado, Taichi, Yoshinobu Katamaru, Zack Sabre Jr. with Doki. Um, so I did forget to mention on night one, after the Gorillas won, they actually took the Iron Fingers, uh, left to Taichi from Iska away from uh, Suzuki Gun. Yeah. So, um, a really good match here. Um, was it, um, oh, was it Taiji and Phantasmo got the pin over the junior champs here, so they look to be having a future match? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So tag divisions just featuring heels versus heels. Um, I'm not opposed to. Plus, with Phantasma and Taiji, you could ship them over the US. You do have a lot of smaller guys there. Um, not necessarily young lines, but um, newer members of the New Japan America roster, like um, is it Clark Connors? Um, yeah. Uh, Logan Regal's another sort of younger, uh, slimmer wrestler. So you do have guys like that that you could pair in. You have ACH and... Oh, was it ACH and... Um, Leo Rush? Leo Rush. Did they team on a New Japan of America or was it TJP who teamed with ACH? Um, it might have been TJP, actually. But, yeah, yeah you, got, you also got Leo Rush floating around and Blake Christian floating around. Um, uh, former... I think just send, send all the junior titles to America. You got a better chance of making something interesting. Yeah, well, I did bring up that idea a number of times, just send any title over to America for the for the pandemic once New Japan of America got up and running. Because I yeah. thought, oh, we're going to have New Japan Cup and Mox will come back. We're going to have New Japan Cup of America and Mox will come back. We'll have the G1 and Mox will come back. We'll have World Tag League and Mox will come back. We'll have Tokyo Dome and Mox will come back. No, no. Yeah, what's it going to take? They're going to have like... A- it's going to be like, oh, my God, I just brainstormed it. Go on. What happened at the end of Dynamite? Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that just in case there's anyone that hasn't watched Dynamite yet. But there's a tie in between that and the person holding the US title briefcase. Yeah. Um so from there, co-main event was the team, a uh, 10-man tag team match where Chaos, Hiroki Goto, Kazuchika Okada, Taji Ishimori, Toru Yano, and Yoshihashi defeated Bullet Club, Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, Evil, Jay White, Yujiro Takahashi, who had Dick to go and Jado in their corner. I looked at this on paper, uh, well, not necessarily on paper, but when they were making their entrances and went, you know what, this will be a really fun match. And they go, oh, Jay White and Evil and there's Gato. Okay, cool. And Dick to go. No, no, no. Fast forward. See, I, I don't get it. Like, I don't get how Dick to go's your trigger and not Gato. Gato's my trigger. Like, Gato lo- hasn't been as full on, though, in the space of six months as Dick to go. That's true, too. But Gato's been full on for like six years. True, but not to this extent. Like he's not as full on as Dick to Go has been, like for every one of those shows. Yeah. Plus, Gato was with Okada for a really, really long time. He's only been in Bullet Club, what, maybe two, maybe three yeah. years now at most. And my argument is what was Gato doing with Okada? Come on, Ray He was helping Okada cheat when Okada was a heel. (laughs) So he's just been doing the exact same thing, just interchange the the top level main event heel that he's mooching off of. Uh, I love. I think it's the um the third meeting of um, Okada Omega, and 
Gato's on the outside. He's going, come on, Rainmaker. And Roku's doing the count. Five, six. And you hear clear as day, no commentary, no red shoes. And you just hear Gato go, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Gato Uh, does have his moments. I guess we can all agree that we don't like Jado. Oh, speaking of which, for the longest time before they got sort of shut down when New Japan won their big spree of closing down all the fan sites on YouTube, how it was compilations of New Japan is not for children. Yes. <laughs> Come on, mother. Yeah. Tama. Uh, oh, man. Like yeah, we've, we've never even... Tama. We've never even talked about this compilation to each other before, but yes, I used to watch that. I used to love it. I think it helped me like fall in love with New Japan, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, did you watch this 10-man match at all? I did because I was... Well, because I saw the press conference the night before... I saw Jay White announce that, oh, I'll show up to New Year's Dash, but once that's done, I'm out of here. And I was expecting a big, big angle coming out of this match, being this being the first time like Evil and Jay White have teamed up and they've been teasing dissension between the two for ages. So, yeah, so I had to watch this and nothing happened. Yeah, nothing at all. Just Jay White getting pinned by Ishii, wasn't it? I believe so, yeah. Is yeah. So is White injured or is he taking time off or have you heard anything as to why that was sort of brought up at the press conference all of a sudden? Oh, he's probably going to WWE legit. <laughs> what, really? Uh, yeah, his contract's up. So he's um, negotiating. Like, truly? Yes. Oh, Jay, no. No, Jay, no. No, please don't. Uh, do it. You, you, you need the money, bro. Just get the money. Come back to Japan after you've gotten sick of being booked like a goober. God. Have a crack at it. You might be the next AJ. Maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah, hopefully he uh, goes to AEW, but they don't need him. They honestly just don't need him. Jeez. So that's true, his contract's up. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so that's why I was let's confused. Let's see. That's Ring of Honor? Confused. Yeah. Ring of Honor won't, probably won't take him because they, they either don't have the forward. cash. Yeah, they don't have the cash unless they're going to do a joint deal like they did with the the Bucks with um, New Japan to try to keep Jay. And WA's out of the question. Yeah. Uh, TNA impact. Possibly Possibly. would would throw an offer at him. They would throw an offer at him because they, like, offered Chris Jericho an offer. Like, they threw an offer at Chris Jericho, like, just, uh, just before Jericho signed with AEW. Well, let's so, be honest, Anthem are just going to keep on cutting off limbs until they're dead. Yeah, exactly. So they'll throw an offer at Jay White. I don't think it would be in anyone's best interest for Jay White to take it. 
no, probably not. I mean, a short-term deal there, I think it'd be all right, just for some interesting matchups. Not long term. Really though, like what interesting matchups? Really, besides like Shamrock. Yeah, that's all I keep thinking in my head is Jay White versus Ken Shamrock, and the promos would be amazing. Um, AEW. I mean, he'd be really good there, but they, they don't got, need him. They've got they too really much don't. talent. Yeah, they're struggling to fit. Like, admittedly, like, as somber as it is, like, a really big heel spot has opened up. That's true. That's true. Um, as, like, kind of morbid saying that out loud felt, but hope you humans know what I meant. Um, and there is a spot for him, but... My issue is they bring him in and then someone else is going to miss out and they've got such a stacked roster anyway that they're struggling to use all of. I can remember when Matt Seidel like, showed up and everyone got hyped for a little bit. Now they don't even use him. He's just on dark every week. Like Sean Spears. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they'd be doing better if they could tour. And yeah. if they did get their second show on TNT because of the size of their roster. Yeah, well, they are getting their third hour of programming coming up this year, whenever that happens. Not meaning they're going to have a three-hour show. They're going to have three... Oh, don't hours. worry. I'm sure Dark will be three hours at some point again this year because why the hell not? Well, there's talk about how they're splitting Dark up as well. They're going to, like, make Dark, like, two different shows, one featuring, like, the unsigned guys and then the other featuring, like, the signed guys. So it'll be Dark and, like, tryout matches? Like, yeah. gut check or tough yeah, just, or something? Yeah, pretty much just to make Dark shorter. That's what Tony Khan said on a press conference recently. And <laughs> Thank Christ for that. Because he, he is aware... But Dark has actually been good. I watched last week's. So it was actually really entertaining. Check out um, Brody Lee Jr. cutting a promo on Marco's stunt. It's worth it. It's so good. Um, I suppose then my fear of him going to the Fed is he'll end up like... Um, what's his name? Uh, not Samuel Shaw. Um... um Dexter Loomis. Yes. No. He'll, he's, he's not that sort of character anymore. He hasn't been creepy knife pervert for ages. Um, Who the heck started that? I don't know. I just Was remember it seeing it. It, it might have been. It might have been. Uh, he's, he hasn't really been that gimmick for a long time. He's just been arrogant, douchey heel. Um, I think I think Jay White has the potential to have a fantastic run in NXT. I think the best comparison I could make to Jay White in WWE would be uh, size-wise, looks-wise, sort of moves-wise as well, even with the Blade Runner, would be Baron Corbin. 
Oh, I guess, well, yeah, he's going to need a new finisher because it's bloody Bray Wyatt's finisher. That too. <laughs> oh, oh, I guess who? the Fiend kind of uses the Mankind Claw now, so that's all right. Who was it that used the um, the Fireman carry um, that John Cena told him not to? Was it oh, was Alex it Riley? Yeah. 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 Because they were going to give Alex Riley like a mega push and then John Cena's like, nope. <laughs> Wasn't it the burning hammer he wanted to use? Oh, that was Tyler Rex. That's it. Yeah. Because it was too close or something. Speaking of burning hammers, you seen this week's Raw yet? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to talk about that shortly. Don't you worry. <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah, Triple H went full Kenta Kabashi. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he, he was a literal burning hammer. Come on. Um, anyway, like Jay White, I think, has the potential to have an AJ Styles-like run in the WWE. I think he has the potential. I'm not sure if they know how to execute it. Um, yeah, because sorry. It, they've done the it once time. with AJ. That's all I'm saying. Hopefully they can do it again. I attempted it once with Nakamura. Yeah, th- hey, Nakamura had a great like first year and a half, two years in the WWE. <laughs> it's just everything since. Since kicking AJ Styles, Styles in the balls, that's where it all went downhill for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry to get sidetracked. That was my first time hearing the news that, yeah, he's actually uh, off contract. Yeah, and obviously, like, New Japan would be foolish not to make a play to try to keep him as well. Yeah. Um, main event, 10-man tag team match here. We had Los Ingobernables de Japón. That's Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi, Sonata, Shingo Takage, and Tatsuya Naito uh, defeating the team of Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, Master Watto, Rocky Romero, and Sho. Um, Alex, did you happen to catch... Who pinned who here? Yeah, I missed. I missed that. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure it was Bushi pinning Rocky Romero. Oh, it was too, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, because that's huge. Bushi gets a big post-match speech here. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I was about to start talking about main event Rocky Romero. That's huge. <laughs> What's that? Sonata's challenging for both belts? Nah, we don't need him winning against one of the juniors. Give the win to Bushi and have him cut a big promo. Yeah, why not, though? I mean, yes, but <laughs> in terms of where you're going, I don't think you're pushing for a big Bushi-Rocky feud in the near future for number one contendership. Yeah, th- this whole show like felt like, uh, just go out there and have fun. Sort of your raw after mania of years prior before like not, not the that. WWE like, realized what it was. No, this felt more like a house show that I happened to be watching. Yeah, that's like true. Just, just the boys just going out there, just like, oh yeah, we'll just do a few things, try to get a laugh out of each other, pop the boys backstage, have a good time. Yeah. Um, I did notice in the post match, like Chris Charlton's tr- trying to translate for Bushi, and like he says, "Oh yes, Rocky Romero and Bushi both said that Bushi's a dastardly wrestler or something along those lines." And I'm like, "Okay, 
<laughs> I guess Rocky's not on commentary to get that line in, so he's going to do it for him. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, overall, really good show, good match. Um, I'd say four and a half beers. Three. Not even worth watching. <laughs> well, like, the matches are fun. They're great. It's not, it's not a slog to watch. Just nothing meant anything. That was, like, you've sort of set a precedent in years past the New Year's Dash, like something big's going to happen. Yeah, that's uh, true. That's true. I don't think, like, I just had my expectations for something big, especially when mm. you tease us with Evil and Jay White in the same sort of team. I'm expecting them to kick Jay White out of the Bullet Club, and that didn't happen. I think the only big thing that happened was, um, yeah, the beatdown of Tenkozy and Yodosuji then by the United Empire. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a pretty good beatdown. It was just, yeah, not what I was expecting, not what I was hoping for. Um, you still sort of have all your sort of title matches sort of teased for the future, but but yeah, this was. If you watch it, you're going to have a good time, but it's not worth going out of your way to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair enough, too. I think if you watch both nights of the Dome and you've got the time, it's about two and a half, maybe three hours. Um, yeah, it's a fun little watch there. Um, yeah. Now, with the current um, pandemic and restrictions, including in Japan, they haven't announced anything else going forward at the moment. Yeah. Like the commentary signs off, Kevin Kelly signs off and says, we're not sure when we'll be seeing you next, but uh, stay tuned to, like, New Japan website, blah, blah, for updates, and it's just like, oh, okay. Because usually... Um, At Wrestle Kingdom, uh, they Wrestle just Kingdom. give you the full year's calendar. Yeah, and that's what I love about um, shows like that, because then you can go, oh, I want to go to this event. I can, well, before COVID, you could go, oh, I want to travel. Yeah. Like, I know of maybe one or two of the Aussie companies that do that. Yeah. Like, I'm not asking you to name match cards or participants, but if you said, look, our anniversary show is going to be uh, September 2nd. Like, and yeah. we're announcing this in January, so you can book tickets that weekend. Yeah. That'd be good. Like, that's yeah, why I always like companies that do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so overall, for the three nights, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, waste of time. What do you think? Thumbs up overall, but just. Like, overall, like, yes, there was, like, four or five, like, matches that are really worth checking out. But then there's, like, four or five matches that are really not worth your time. So, yeah. So it's sort of like a just a thumbs up. Yeah. I, I think it's one of the least memorable, like, Wrestle Kingdoms in terms of, like, shock value moments and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd have to agree as well. Um, so I suppose we can read off uh, some of the champions here and sort of uh, preview if you think where they're going to go next, if you like. Yeah, exactly. Let's do it. 
So we have the New Japan Pro Wrestling King of Pro Wrestling Championship title plaque. Uh, Yano's the champion. Any idea where you think this is going to go in the next month? Farley's got to get it at some point. Actually, not that bad of an idea. I'd be interested to see a match there. Yeah. Farley's got to get that for a bit because he broke the last trophy from last year's. Yeah, that's true too. Um, never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championships. Current champs are Chaos, that's Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi. Yeah, um, vacate the belts and throw them in the trash. How dare you? I, I love all three of these guys. Like, I even love Goto and Yoshihashi now. But, um, yeah. This division's just so worthless. Um, I think... Oh, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I think you could put them on... Uh, was it Empire? That'd be an interesting feud. Or yeah. do what they normally do, which is put them on uh, Los Ingobler Nobles de Japon when they've got no one else to hold them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of... Los Angeles Shingo Takagi, Shingo Takagi, the current never openweight champion. Uh, this was sort of hinted at, I believe. Yeah, they made this one fairly obvious with Hiroshi Tanahashi coming after Shingo, which the ace joining the never openweight division intrigues me a lot. Yeah, it should be a really good match. Uh, ace sort of on the wind down of his career to a degree. Yeah. Uh, I, I would actually hope that Hiroshi takes the title off Shingo and Shingo moves even further up whilst Hiroshi sort of has some hard hitting slap battles with like guys like Ishii and Goto and all that sort of crew and Jeff Cobb and all that. Suzuki. Yeah. Yeah. My God. Yes. Suzuki um, can finally beat Tanahashi. Uh, I'm pretty sure we both know the answer to this, so I'll ask a different question once I say it. IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship current champ is John Moxley has held the championship since January 4th, 2020, over a year. He's going to lose the title to Coda. When do you think that happens and where, as in which uh, country? I think you mean Kenta, but Coda would be good too. <laughs> <laughs> too many Ks. Yeah. Um, I don't know where it happens. I don't know how it happens. In my head, it happens on Dynamite. Kenny Omega costs John Moxley the United States IWGP title. Kenta lives in, like, the Florida area, so it could work. Um. Yeah, and we, like, end a dynamite with, like, the old club, like, Kenny, um, Gallows, Anderson, the Young Bucks, and bo current board club member Kenta all holding titles to Sweeting. And it progresses the John Moxley-Kenny Omega story and gets the job done for New Japan. Yeah, I think... I still think this happens in a New Japan ring. I think the fact Mox isn't going to Japan 
means it's going to happen in New Japan of America on strong. Yeah, in the LA dojo with no one in the crowd, it's going to be lame. I think within six months. I hope it's sooner. I was hoping it was going to be this weekend. Um, yeah, I, I can't even predict when it happens. Yeah. Um, IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champs Suzuki Gun, Desperado and Katamaru uh, sort of alluded there that it might be going to uh, Taiji Ishimori and Al Fantasmo. Yeah, well, I don't know. Just put the titles on the Bullet Club guys and then give El Desperado the junior title. Fair enough. Uh, what about the IWGP Tag Team Championship currently held by Bolts Clubs, Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga, Tonga Loa? Take it to America and find some interesting tag teams to wrestle. Agreed. Take it to America so that show has something going for it other than Kenta defending the briefcase and calling out mocks. Yeah. Uh, junior heavyweight champion Hiromu Takahashi. Um was this alluded to at all? Yeah, they half teased Watto. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's right. He called out Watto, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, please no. <laughs> uh, Intercontinental Championship, Kota Ibushi, do you think this title gets split or retired? Because Charlton on commentary was acting like this title's going to be retired or unified. Either either, like, yeah, either retire it or split it. You need you don't need as many titles as you guys already have, so it wouldn't hurt the company to get rid of one. Yep. And then finally, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, Kota Ibushi, uh, yeah, as we mentioned, it's alluded that uh, Sonata will be the next challenger there. Yep. I don't know how it happens, but at some point in the next 12 months, we see Coda versus Kenny. I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, yeah, that's another weird thing. Both members of Golden Lovers are, are world champions in their respective promos, uh, respective yeah. companies. Yeah, I think that it was kind of wishful thinking by me, but I, I can see it happening. AEW said that they're willing to work with New Japan. Uh, it's like it's a very different mindset in a Japanese uh, culture as well as, I guess, Japanese business. Um, mm. They've mentioned a number of times they're very loyal to their partners. Their current partner is Ring of Honor for North America being um, the United States and Canada. So they may not want to anger Ring of Honor and go and work with AEW. Ring of Honor are not in the power to get angry about it. They should just be like, oh, can we come too? <laughs> can I come too? Oh. <laughs> I'll tave in there on the sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah. Don Callis are there just rolling up the windows <laughs> in the bus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Uh Thank you for joining me, Alex. Um, yeah, I suppose before you know it, we'll be back to talking about Raw and SmackDown and oh. NXT UK and Dark and whatever the hell NWA is trying to do. 
My God, um, Impact's just so bad at the moment. Just want to put that out there while we've got the chance. Did they remember to promote their upcoming pay-per-view? Because I have not watched today's. Uh, I haven't watched today's yet. Like, There's like three minutes each Impact that's worth watching, and that's all the stuff involving Kenny, and that's it. I, I was flabbergasted that first week with Kenny, and they forgot to mention their pay-per-view that weekend. Yeah. How? How do you do that? Not once. No graphic. No mention. How? To be fair, they did a fantastic job on this past Dynamite promoting the Impact Hard to Kill pay-per-view. The only issue was they completely ignored that they had a pay-per-view this weekend. Who did? Impact. They had Genesis, or whatever they called it. Like, one of their little special things. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, so they spent, like, Dynamite, like, promoting, like, Hard to Kill, which is in, well, from Dynamite, it was in two weeks' time. But completely ignored that the upcoming weekend, they already had a pay-per-view. So... so I just read that as, okay, so I don't need to watch Genesis then. TNA, TNA, TNA. But apparently I need to watch Hard to Kill because they're at least cross-promoting that. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that one. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Um, so I suppose it's time for all the fun stuff. You can follow Alex at Fruity is Alex on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at I'm Chris Funder. You can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, search Wrestling Oddstyle, or use the handle at Wrestle Oddstyle. Oz is spelled A-U-S. As well, you can go back and listen to the re- entire Wrestling Oddstyle archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Nothing left to say, Alex, but good day and welcome back. Thank you. Uh... What's Switchblade Jay Black doing in the Impact Zone?